and welcome to the Orient Outlook Podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend, the daddy-o, Mr. Paul Levy. Well, daddy-o right back at you. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is episode number 163, and it seems that calm has been restored now that we are co-hosting again, but can't go without saying how well George Sessions, who was sat in this very seat here oh, last boy. week... Did an absolutely sterling job, absolutely fantastic. Uh, and considering we only do sort of a very quick overview before we start recording, I thought George was was absolutely outstanding. So George, again, thank you so much for coming in and helping us out there. Uh, we've got a full show for you this week. Uh, we've got uh, a second defeat to talk about. Um, some were quite shocked by that in front of the BT Sport cameras. Uh, not much happened during the week, um, so it'd be a quick, uh, quick overview of that. But as always, we've got so many of your views to talk about as well. Every one of them relevant in one way or another. But as always, we start proceedings with our friends over at the Supporters Club. Yep. So one trip to tell you about, uh, as you can book your places on the coach to Dover, which is on Saturday, the 29th of December, and the first for this one, a £23 for adults and £20 for concessions with kids aged 15 or under being able to go for half price. There is the usual £3 surcharge for non-members and if you are a child or under 15, you must travel with an adult. So there's two ways to book for this one. You can book in the Supporters Club on a match day or by calling the travel line on 07722 135970. Lovely stuff. Um, Leighton Orient Trust update. Thanks to all those fans who generously donated to the Richard House Children's Hospice at the last home game against Gateshead fine total of over £500 was collected by volunteers and staff from the Breyer Group, sorry, Breyer Foundation Group, who facilitated the collection, as well as organising young athletes from the East London Boxing Academy to show off their skills pitch side during the half-time break. Our stadium sponsors had also offered a competition to be half-time penalty takers versus mascot Theo, and 12 lucky fans took their place in front of the North Stand to face the Wyvern. Lucky fans. Lucky fans, yeah. And in post-match, 10 young footballers from the newly formed Walthamstow Warriors under-10s football team dribbled balls around the pitch in a fundraising activity for half an hour, raising money to aid their new club in their first season. That's a great team name, the Walthamstow Warriors. Good luck, boys. Strong, solid name. <laughs> yeah. On Sunday, the 1st of December, the annual Theo's Junior Christmas Party had over 100 attendees in the Legends Lounge, plus the squad and gaffer Justin Edinburgh, director of football Martin Ling and all the backroom staff. A great time was had by all. I can attest to that. It was a great time. Yeah, photos looked wonderful. A nice uh, picture of you and James Dayton. James Dayton with his kids. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Such your, a nice guy. On the official feed. Yeah, I know. And also, right, if you look at the very one of the very first pictures of the whole group, I'm just on the right by <laughs> Kent and Howard. <laughs> Prime spot, mate. Amazing. That, that Simon's a top bloke. Yeah, Amazing. And it's a finish on Wednesday the 5th. Players Joe Widowson, James Dayton and Dal Gorman continued the club's now annual Christmas visit to the Homerton Hospital in Hackney. They popped into the Starlight Children's Ward as well as the Regional Neurological Rehab Unit, chatted to patients and staff and dropped off gifts and posters. And later in the month, the club will be visiting Whips Cross Hospital too. So some great work there, especially over the busy festive period you know the appearances by the players don't let up so well done to everyone uh, at the trust I have to say this is one of the times of the year that I actually really enjoy and it's things like that going to the hospitals to seeing 
to see sick children and that I think is absolutely um, fantastic and, and long may that continue. I know all clubs send their players out to the hospitals and take gifts and stuff, but um, I think it's tremendous. Um, our chairman's book, The Challenge Culture, is available in all good bookstores, as you probably know by now. Nigel writes about his career at large and the successful organisations that he's worked for and talks about how the best way for organisations to succeed in today's environment is to actually embrace challenge and encourage some pushback. He covers the worlds of video, quick service restaurants and the purchase of our beloved Leighton Orient, peppered with many humorous events that have occurred throughout his career. So you can get the book at all good bookshops as well as amazon.co.uk. Um, that's The Challenge Culture by Nigel Travis. So go and get yourself a copy or get one for someone for Christmas or yeah. buy it for yourself for Christmas if you're feeling... <laughs> That way inclined. <laughs> and talking of Christmas, if you need a Christmas tree, a door reef, or a table centre, then look no further than Carol Langley Florists, who are offering 10% off to all O's fans over this festive period. So Carol Langley Florists can be found at 33 Station Road in Chinkford. Postcode for that is E47BJ, or can be contacted on phone on 0208 529 4130. And if you don't like phoning people, you can look them up online on www.carolangley.co.uk. 10% off for all those fans. Tell them the podcast sent you. I'm sure they will up the discount to at least 20%, Mr. Macca. We can't. We can't. We can't <laughs> substantiate that. We can't put things like that in place. So, moving on then, the, the week that was. Coulson Monday then, the 3rd of December. The O's are in action in the London Senior Cup. We were away at a not unfamiliar venue of Haringey Borough on White Hart Lane. Yeah. So um, the Orient side lined up in a 4-3-3 formation with Arthur Janata in goal, Fleming, Happy, Elakobi and Sweeney uh, across the back with Lawless, Kiprianu, Shabani uh, and uh, across the midfield and then Satoru, Harold and Alabi uh, were up top. Subs were Byrne, Sivi, Phillips, Clade and Haxiu. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not Elliot Byrne on the bench. No, probably not. <laughs> and that's probably Claydon rather than... I think that's probably... A, we've probably, just missed off the end. Yeah, Claydon. So Orient took the lead just after the half-hour mark as Rostatoru's effort slipped past the Haringey keeper to give the O's a 1-0 lead going into half-time. And that's the way it stayed until late on in the match as James Allaby doubled our lead in the 86th minute. But XO Charlie Barker pulled a goal back for the host a minute later to make it a nervy ending as the O's held firm for a decent 2-1 win, meaning we will now face Welling United who are in the National League South, we think, in the quarterfinals. Yep, absolutely. Good to see some names there who yeah. uh, haven't been able to get near the team or near the squad, um, getting a workout. And, you know, Harringay Barrow, good relationship, good club. Please, they got a decent or a half-decent attendance. And we go on to the quarterfinals and hopefully a trophy that we should really be winning. Yeah, you would think based yeah. on who's left in the competition. So, well done to those players on that. On that yeah, Monday. more minutes under their belt on a on an astroturf. Oh, I say astroturf, four G they call it now, yeah. don't they? So, anyway, moving on then to Huey Tuesday. This is now the fourth of December. It was a quiet day at the club. Episode one six two with George Sessions continued to smash the listening airways. So, if you haven't listened yet, then don't worry. I'm not quite sure what you're waiting for, but. Um, <laughs> Crack on, it's on soundcloud.com forward slash orient hyphen outlook. It's on Spotify now, brand new. It's on Spotify, uh, it's on iTunes, it's on TuneIn, Stitcher. If you've got, uh, if you haven't got a, a, an Apple device, uh, it's also available for, on Android. So you just go to any of the podcast apps that are on the, um, what do they call it, the Google Play yeah, shop Google or Play, something, yeah. Google shop. Um, 
Uh, sorry, it sounds very technophobic of me, but I've never had an Android phone, so I don't actually know what they have to do to, to get it. But if you're not sure, tweet us, email us, we'll find someone who can help you. Absolutely. So Wednesday, the 5th of December, and Bourham Wood announced over 1,000 tickets had been sold ahead of the upcoming match. And as it stands, the away support would be outnumbering the home fans by 5 to 1. And that was the Bourham Wood Twitter feed. That's embarrassing. That. So incredible really in terms of the away support the O's get and already you can tell Bromwood trying to take every advantage to get as many away fans through their doors as possible obviously to raise as much money so you can't really blame them that's a club of their size trying to get as many fans in but even at that point you're thinking well played over a thousand tickets and hopefully we put on the performance mm. that will come on it's quite local though for a lot of people so it's really a London-esque derby it's as London a derby yeah. as what you're going to get um, it's not that far away at all. So anyway, Thursday the 6th of December, the Orient ladies were in action. They were away against Worthing ladies in the Isthmian Cup quarterfinals and they won a, an astonishing 6-1 with midfielder Lisa Holmback netting a hat-trick while Becca Hurst, Chanel Richards and Suala uh, Cardoso uh, Queni also scored. Uh, we also had a tweet from Best Snooker JP, who I believe is local um, to the Worthing area. He went along, or they went along, uh, and said it was a superb performance from the ladies in very poor weather conditions with a marvellous hat-trick from Lisa Holmback. First half was very sloppy, but we bounced back in the second, and Worthing were defensively superb in the first half. So well done to the ladies, who now progress on to the semi-finals. Uh, their next match is against Stevenage, it's going to be at home, which is the Mile End uh, Stadium, and that's next Sunday, the 16th of December, with a two o'clock kickoff. Yep, so a massive thank you there to Sam Few for his updates on the ladies' team. Yes. Sam is now uh, getting ready to take his festive break. So Sam, thank you for everything you've done yeah. over the last couple of weeks for the podcast. I'm looking forward to getting more reports from you uh, in 2019. Also on Thursday, Loft held their AGM at the Supporters Club with Danny Macklin and Martin Ling as special guests. So for more information, you can go to the Loft Twitter page where there was a live commentary on the various points talked about and the questions that were raised. You can also go on Facebook to the Loft page where there was a live video stream or you can go to the Loft website where there was a full summary on all the points raised. It did seem like quite an interesting evening, actually, from what I could see on Twitter uh, following it. So well done to everyone who went and who was involved and I guess well done to Danny and Martin for going and taking questions and facing up to the issues so yeah. really good good work uh, from Loft yeah so moving on now then Mooney Friday the 7th of December and at 5 o'clock head coach Justin Edinburgh was named as the National League Manager of the Month for November as the O's took 10 points out of a possible 12 so that means that we'd beaten Fylde 3-1 Bromley 3-1 Wrexham 2-0 and we'd drawn 0-0 uh, against Aldershot so two clean sheets out of the four it's not bad going really good so Justin went on to say I'm obviously delighted to collect the award on behalf of not only myself but all of the coaching staff medical team and more importantly the players the fixtures in November were tough the two away victories at Fylde and Wrexham were highlights but for me the standout game was the game against Bromley I think with the occasion the atmosphere and the goals were great goals and obviously spot on. well done Justin I thought that Bromley game was amazing amazing yeah had everything in it didn't it oh, with Corona's goal went into the back of that yeah. south stand screamed like you've never screamed Brilliant. before but two big like he says two big away wins away at Fold and then beating Wrexham at their own patch beating 2-0 Superb results. Hard places to go uh, and come away with anything, let alone a clean sheet, yeah. let alone a win. So, 
Yep, Saturday the 8th of December. Then the youth team's uh, match was uh, against Luton was called off, so on to the main event we go. Yeah, so that was at Bournemouth away at the lunchtime kickoff in front of the BT Sport cameras. And before the match, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on. And after 272 votes uh, in 24 hours, you voted as follows. So 72% for Orient would win the game. Unsurprising now, isn't it? Yeah, very high. 9% for Orient would lose and 19% going for the draw. And thank you for all of your votes. So I don't normally vote in these and I didn't, but I would have gone for draw. Okay. Beforehand, I was thinking about it, but I, yeah, I'd have been with I the seventy-two percent. Yeah, rightly or wrongly. So thanks to everyone who took the time to vote. So the team lined up then uh, earlier than usual. Uh, it was a twelve thirty-five kickoff. So Dean Brill uh, was in goal. Ling, Coulson, Ekpeteta, and Widdison uh, with the defence. Dayton, Gorman, Clay, and McEnough across the middle, and Bon uh, and Karoma were up top in the standard four-four-two formation that Justin likes to play. Sergeant Happy, Lawless, Brophy, and Allaby were all named substitutes. Yep, so Yo's named and then changed starting 11 with one change on the bench as Sam Sargent came in for half of Janata. And for me, that's probably exactly as I expected, not rushing Charlie Lee back. So obviously, since his injury, he's coming on. We don't need fitter. to rush him back, do we? Absolutely, still not ready. And you've got Alex Lawless who can come on the bench. So no real surprises there for me. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree with you. I mean, and even Ella Kobe's not even near the first team. Yeah. Um, at all so that just shows you the strength there just wanted to say hi to Sam who I bumped into in the car park thanks for listening to all 162 episodes oh, well so done. far so well done, Sam. you are in a rare club I believe I don't know how many other fans maybe you want to let us know how many of you have actually listened to all 160 well now three or in Outlet Podcast yeah, we're very very grateful to 100% club the 100 yes yeah. uh, yes that is a hashtag waiting to be used. <laughs> Get involved. So at Les LK52 tweeted us said on paper, team looks good, need to win a game on TV as this is our sixth attempt. Surely today, question mark, question mark, which mm. leads us nicely onto the match then. Yeah, so I went. Um, that car park, my, my fr- I met my friend there, he managed to get parked. What we hadn't taken into account was obviously how like a thousand O's fans were going to yeah. be there. So the, there's a car park right by the away end. Yeah. He's turned up, he's gone, mate, you're not going to get parked here. I'm like, so where the hell am I going to get parked? Because like, I don't know the area. Yeah. In the end, luckily enough, some football training on the 3G Astro to 4G pitches that they've got there. Some kids were training. One of the mums has just sort of got the kids in and gone, and I've just literally boshed like, straight in. Right, at, actually, right results. So <laughs> I rushed into the ground and... Um, yeah, walked into the uh, away end, saw, uh, sat, I actually took a seat, I think for the second time because it was raining and I didn't want to get wet, uh, basically. Um, so yeah, sat with a load of people uh, who are familiar, um, um, Dashin Dazza, um, Simon Bernstein and his son, uh, um, Luke and his dad okay. um, so yeah there was quite a few people nice crowd yeah really nice crowd actually um, so anyway uh, match kicked off at 12.35 with Orient looking to uh, extend their lead at the top of the National League uh, and in the lunchtime kickoff in front of the BT Sport cameras um, disaster struck real yeah. early on four real minutes early on. four minutes gone uh, Bromwood take the lead as Femi Ilisami finds space well on the left side of the area and his shot beats Brill into the corner to make it 1-0 to Boreham Wood. Now, the build-up to that was pretty good from Boreham Wood, from what I can remember. What I couldn't quite see 
was who on the far side had let Elisanmi get into the position yeah. where he was inside the 18-yard box with, with time and space to shoot. I think it was... It was either Ling or Dayton. It was one of those two. If you were be, if you were behind the goal, and actually, I think David Haynes or one or his son said it was Ling, but I've also heard Dayton. So again, I don't know the mechanics of how we defend. So it it was one of them two. Either way you look at it, but the fact the guys had enough time to control the ball and then spanner it, spank it, sorry, straight into the top corner, like Dean Brewer had no chance um, for that one. So. Poor goal to give away, but you think actually, all right, you've probably got within added time and the end of each half, you've probably 90. got another ninety yeah. to go to to make up for it. But so, not really what you wanted in front of the cameras. No, terrible start. So could we get back into it? Let's find out. In the ninth minute, Murta has an effort that Dean Brill saves comfortably. So it sounds like Boren would be going for the second to try and put some under They, pressure. I think, Luke Garrard's team talk in the Borenwood dressing room was get at them as early as you can. Do not let them get on top of you and get at you. You get at them. And that's exactly what they yeah. did. They started faster and higher and harder than us, fair unfortunately. Yeah, fair but in the 12th minute, free kick from Murta is pushed behind by Dean Brill. He did well to get uh, to get to that and save it. Yeah, 16th minute. First real chance for the O's is a good shot by Joby McEnough. was only inches wide of the upright, following some neat build-up plays. Yeah. He's starting to come back into it with the first yeah. real attempt from Jobs. Yeah, absolutely. And from our perspective, it was kind of a little bit of a... Uh, sort of a bit of a light in what was a pretty dark room really because at the end of the day they'd started off and they were they were pressuring us and they were bullying us I mean their number six I think it's David Stevens or something how that how that the guy that stamped on Garoma like how he's got a career out of football I I don't know but I guess it's like someone said to me about like Akin Fenwa like he's made a career out of it and he's a so it's just not the sort of physique that, that, that you'd expect but Anyway, that's just uh, my rambling there. But fast forward 12 minutes and into the just before the half hour mark, then it's the first sub for the O's as James Brophy came on for James Dayton. Now, I must be honest, I went to get food at this point because I was starving and I missed that. So I think he <coughs> did get injured, Nick. Yeah, from yeah, what I hear. Okay. So the O's started to get into the game a bit more in the 34th minute. Good shot from Dale Gorman outside the box. He's the Brownwood keeper. Spilled the ball into a dangerous area, but defender clears. And a minute later, Samling almost sets up McCauley Bond, but again, a defender clears first. Yeah. Starting to find a bit, bit of pressure back in, but just can't get get around them. Yeah, shame. I mean, the ball sort of pinged about midfield a lot, but uh, you know, we 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 put them under a bit of pressure just for that minute or two. Um, fast forward, just literally ten more minutes. Then Sam Ling uses his long throw, that weapon that he's got. Ball uh, pings about the box, comes out to Dale Gorman. Um, he has an effort uh, that's deflected out for a corner, and from the resulting corner, we almost equalise with Josh Coulson. Literally looking at this as if I was Josh Coulson, yeah. like because we're looking down the pitch at this point. I'm thinking that's in, and I'm up out of my seat already. And um, somehow it, they managed to clear it out. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, <laughs> I literally, it's no good for a podcast to see my yeah, yeah. remonstration at the moment. But I'm literally out of my seat, going, "Yes, that's gonna, that's in." And I think Josh did as well. Not to be. They just have that. They had that little bit about them, Boreham Wood, that just meant that no, not today. Not son. today. Not today. So one minute of added time was played, and the half-time whistle goes with the O's trailing one 0 to that early Boreham Wood goal. So I'll let you do your thoughts first on this one because you, I obviously, obviously haven't seen the match and you were there. Yeah, I mean, as everybody said on social media, it's been a terrible first. It was a terrible half for Orient, in my opinion. Don't think we ever got going. We started slowly. We weren't at it. We weren't our usual punchy, sharp self. 
why I, I, I don't know um, I think the only positive that we can really take is that well, two positives one we've had a bit of a go we had three or four yeah. pretty good chances that they defended for their lives on and kept the scoreline at 1-0 and that we've got 45 minutes to recover it but uh, you know I know you can't change the refs or do anything about the refs but the absolutely appalling standard <laughs> of refereeing you, we, we, I mean the referee out that was at our end was getting quite a lot of abuse yeah. because there were there were things happening that he should be flagging for and he was just looking he, or he either wasn't looking at he was either looking at the line and not at the play where it was like going off or he was looking at play when someone was offside and like Bond we haven't even mentioned it actually I think we've missed I've it I've got it in my in my point the two chances yeah. well the two offsides given so yeah for me I obviously wasn't at the game I was at my daughter's ballet recital um, for all the afternoon straight morning so for me yeah, should Stevens have been sent off? I've looked at it. Yeah, he probably should, but the referee doesn't see it and he's obviously winding up Karoma. So that one is slid past, but those challenges do quite a lot. So I can't be too critical of the ref there because that happens. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah, ref getting a lot of stick on social media for giving Bon offside twice when he was on. But again, I've not seen it, so I can't really call, but it seemed to be quite obvious that he was on side on both occasions. So we've got to tweet it also at half-time from Stephen Orient talking about the ref who said another ref unable to deal with time-wasting we pay good money to watch football but regularly we get sub-standard refs who spoil it 100% yeah. that's a really good tweet so um, the attendance we would normally give you at this point but as we record um, the official attendance has not actually been confirmed or publicised but we've been informed that it was approximately 1,602 uh, in attendance and considering that more than 1,000 were late in Orient yeah. It's great. Boom. So it's the great. second half kicks off with no further subs for the O's. And it took nine minutes to talk about the first action from the second half. as a free kick for Bonwood. Sidogru head over the bar. Yeah. And just on uh, just after the hour, Mark, the O's make the second substitution as Sam Ling was replaced by James Alabi. So yeah. I think they're looking at giving Sam our goes to getting back into the into the throes of it all and get his match sharpness back up. Yeah, I think again again clearly clearly not fit and I think we'll come on to Sam probably a bit later on when we're talking yeah. about uh views from uh listeners on Twitter. So sixty third minute we went so close again again it was Josh Coulson as this time he headed uh again from a Joby McEnough corner which was very, very well saved by the Barnwood keeper who made it another good save to frustrate the away fans. Good save that one? Yeah I I think their keeper had probably like he, he got man of the match, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's in the team. That, you know, he yeah. had a very good game for, for from a Boreham Wood perspective, he was awesome. From an yeah. Orient perspective, he was good, but very frustrating because yeah, he he was enacting this time this time saving routine. That, you know the, the typical stuff that you get the ball one side of the penalty box, go to the other to take your goal kick. He came up and jumped for a ball, caught it quite comfortably, and then thought. Oh, I've landed. All right, I need to go down on the floor yeah, now, course, yeah. and did all and did all of that. Uh, it got to a point in the second half where we were counting out loud as a whole stand to tell the ref that he's taking yeah, like yeah, thirty yeah. seconds to take his kicks, or, or he's holding on to it for like 10, 12 seconds when he's, I think it's six or seven in regulation, and the ref that it's just that sort of thing. It's like the ref didn't even go and have a word and say, "Come on, hurry it up, just just crack on, mate. You just do what you need to do." Crazy, crazy. So seventy second minute. In, it was the final sub for the O's as Alex Lawless came on 
for Dal Gorman. So yeah. you could see Alex Wallace back on the pitch. Absolutely, but and, and you can tell also it's not that common for us to be making all three substitutions by the seventy something minute. Yeah, going for um, it as well. So it's really good. Uh, and Alex came on and did extremely well. He's quite industrious. He, he's quite sort of drive, driving and trying to pull the pull the team with him. Seventy fifth minute, Joby McEnough went close as his effort from the edge of the box just went wide. Yep, eightieth minute in Caroma this time went close as he turns on the edge of the box and shoots, but the ball again this time goes wide. Yeah, two minutes later, a sustained Orient pressure sees us have two good efforts at goal. Josh Karoma's shot is saved by Hadart's leg, following some good work from James Brophy. And just a minute later, Macaulay Bond saw his shot blocked as Boreham Wood were defending for their absolute lives. And absolutely, I think Luke Garrard, the uh, Boreham Wood manager, would be very impressed with with the effort and the togetherness that his team put in against us. At this point, was there a feeling that we were going to equalise or were you just thinking it's not happening today? Yeah, we thought that probably about 70-odd minutes in. You think if you've not equalised around now, I mean, we have got, to be fair, quite a few goals in the 80-something minute. So you think, all right, maybe... Because they're only part-time Boreham I think they only train Tuesdays and Thursdays. You think that... and, And they're not... like They're big boys. They're not like athletic guys... Um, so you think that actually maybe we'll just nick something in the 89th minute when they're tired and blowing because we've got three fresh legs on as well Um, but actually you can just see the way the game's going and quite a few of us around were saying like it's just it's going to be 1-0 that's just how the game's going to go right so could we do it then so 90th minute then 5 minutes of time were added on and then the 4th minute McCauley Bond's header somehow trickles its way to the Bromwood keeper and a minute later the referee brings the game and our run of nine games unbeaten comes to an end as we slip to one or defeat and only our second defeat of the National League season. But again, in front of the TV cameras, it's a very frustrating. So after the match, they Vic the quote with Justin Edinburgh to talk about the game. Uh, we're very thankful uh, to Dave for sending us the interview. So here's Justin Edinburgh post Bournemouth yesterday. Well, Justin, thanks for joining us. That was a very disappointing and frustrating afternoon for you. I think disappointing in the result, but uh, certainly the uh, first 10, 15 minutes didn't help us. But again, I think, you know, after going behind, it was, it was the only team that looked to win it, though. So it's, it's frustrating. I don't think we were, we were helped by antics from, from the opposition, but I understand that. But that's then the referee's job to to uh, put an end to the time wasting and unfortunately that, that wasn't to happen and you did speak to the referee at half time didn't you well I did I asked you know what was the minute added on for because there was plenty of time wasting in that half and bearing in mind you you had 30 seconds for a goal and 30 seconds for a sub basically told me there was no time wasting the first half and I, I was just bemused by, by that decision but the goal, of course, came early on and it wasn't a great start from the O's, was it? No, it wasn't a good start. We know that and uh, it's not to our standards. But, you know, we, we bounce back from that and, and you know, on another day we, we get the next goal and go and win the game. But it wasn't to be. We have to accept that. We're disappointed. We don't like losing. It's our first defeat away from home this season after 24 games. So I think we have to be, bear in mind that we're not too down, not too disappointed, not too harsh. You know, let's not lose sight of where we are, Dave. What's the substitution that was made in the first half force? Is James yes. okay? Yeah, no, no, he's uh, he twisted on the pitch and uh, we'll have to assess it, but he's, his knee was sore, so we had to make the uh, make the change. Same with Del Gorm? Yeah, Del took a, took a whack and, you know, we just felt that Alex's fresh legs in there might, might 
you know, we needed the goal. We needed to get the equaliser. And we all know about Sam Ling's fitness at the moment. Yeah, no, he's playing, you know, not fully fit, not fit in match fitness, but test the character. The boy's putting himself on the line for the team and, you know, that's what I like about him. Quite easily could come here and sit in the stands and watch from afar, but, you know, he's putting his putting himself... Uh, or t- putting a team before himself, should I say, Dave, and, and that's, uh, that's a big character and testament to him. Second half performance deserved something, didn't it? I believe so. You know, that's me. Uh, I think the last, the 20 minutes of the first half and, and the 45 of the second half, we deserved something from the game. You know, on another day, we get that next goal. You know, keep makes a good save. Josh Colson hits the post just for half time. You know, we had a couple of fists past the post. Keith makes a good save from Josh Colson. It's not like we haven't had chances on another day. We, we dispatched him and go on to win the game. I know this is daft, but I also know that there'll be some late night supporters making a relatively short journey that will be asking this question. I think it's almost five years now since late night last won in front of TV cameras and it was live. Is it a factor at all, Justin? It shouldn't be. Not for us. Not for me, certainly. Um... It can't be because, you know, it's five. How many games have been? Five, five, ten games, and we played probably another hundred. You know, we've not lost all them other hundred or one of them. So, no, it shouldn't have any relevance um, as far as I'm concerned. Of course, it comes on the back of you getting that uh, Manager of the Month award, and congratulations for that. And uh, one thing that's happened in the year that you've been in charge at Late Nine is that bounce back ability. Well, that's what we need to do now. You know, we've got a rest from the league. Um, we, we've got the FA Trophy next week, so um, you know, we'll always look to bounce back and no better way to do it in front of our home fans next week. How will you be approaching the trophy in terms of the team? Will you be resting some of the players that have featured in so many league games? The team that I select will be the team that I feel can win the game. Uh, that's, that's how I've approached every game that I've been in charge. Um, and, and that will be the same throughout. Um, so we'll, we'll take stock of this. We'll lick our wounds because we're hurting in there. Them boys are hurting. They're not used to losing. Um, so they're bitterly disappointed. But you know, we'll regroup and go again and, 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 and assess and, and pick the team and work for, for next week. Any other injuries? No, they, they, the, the game really, Charlie Lee's took a little bit longer than we expected. We did hope that he would be available today, but it just... He's about 95% now, but just can't get quite over that last 5%. Um, I think other than that, um, no, we're, we're, we're good. Thanks, Justin. Thank you. Thank you. So thanks again to Dave Victor for providing that with us. I think Justin gives a lot of insight, fair insight, but great politician's answer to dodge (laughs) what he's going to do next week against Beaconsfield Town. Credit to Justin uh, for doing that. Um, I also um, should have mentioned in uh, in the match report as well how when um, Sam Ling went off and uh, Al came on, that Craig Clay obviously went to right back, yeah, Joby moved in and, and it was a complete reshuffle and no one really looked out of sorts at all. Craig was still bombing down the right, yeah. trying to be that right back and Alex Lawless was pushing forwards and, and, and Brophy um, and, and then Karoma went to, to left left wing and Brophy was on the right and they switched and Alavi went up top so Justin would always look to maintain that 4-4-2 and, and credit to everybody for having that um, you know that clarity and that you know uh, what not to, to, to actually do a job that's actually maybe not quite what you originally set out to do so it just shows that everybody is fighting for the show yeah, and, adaptability and, and as well absolutely so league table in after that so despite losing 
we still remain top of the league at Salford also lost 2-0 to Chesterfield so well done to mad dog Martin Allen as his team uh, beat Salford some crazy stuff going on at Chesterfield I, I mean it. Salford were literally 20 games unbeaten as well so they've lost their record so <coughs> just over the halfway line now and we have played 24 1-14 drawn 8 lost 2 with a goal difference of plus 30 and still on 50 points so although we lost Definitely not all doom and gloom, which comes nicely to your thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, A double whammy as the manager of the month and the live on TV curses strike again. Not a particularly good game of football, in my opinion. I don't really think we ever found our way in this game. And uh, I think the team lacked, as I say, a little bit of the usual energy and creativity that we're used to seeing in uh, the other games. But that's probably in part down to Boreham Wood's tactics uh, as well. Having gone a goal down so early on, you think Boreham Wood would sit back and protect their lead. But fair play to them in front of the TV cameras. They were really out to make an impression. A real off day for, um, for the boys, but if you have, if you would have offered me at 24 games into the season, if you'd have given me top spot, um, lose a game and still be top, I'd have ripped your yeah, arm off of for it. And obviously over the course of the season, two games we've lost, one home, one away, absolutely uh, fine with me. So really not downbeat about this loss at all. I mean, you can pick the bones out of everything, but you know, you, you, you're talking about needles in haystacks here and it's not worth burning the barn down to yeah. try and find that um, uh, by any means so for me um, there's going to be more losses this season no doubt um, you know this not the unbeatables of Arsenal you know it, it's it's going to happen at some point but as Dave said in the interview to Justin it is really how we bounce back and finally as I've mentioned earlier the officials in this league are so below standard it's actually embarrassing and, and, and Justin's conversation with the referee at half time highlights that even further I think it was Clay actually Clay went down on the floor and he's used his arm to push the ball forwards into the path of one of our players. The linesman's literally three feet away from him. Didn't give nothing. Okay. Gave nothing. No, thankfully. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, but it just shows you the inadequacy and the inept nature of the uh, uh, of the officials. Um, and again, I don't think the linesman waved his flag at all. Um, unfortunate, yeah, fortunate or unfortunate, whichever way you want to look at it. So on to next week now with a break from from the league. Hopefully our regulars can get a bit of a rest and, and some of the sub or fringe players can get a few minutes under their belt next week. And maybe that'll be a game for Charlie yeah. Lee to get half a game in. So five minutes in. What yeah, your for, views? For me, I mean, I didn't watch it and I haven't seen any of the action yet because it's not up on the uh, National League website. But I had a feeling it wouldn't be our day just... Even before it kicked off, yeah, they know how to raise their game for us, and they did that. I thought they played well when they came to Brisbane Road early in the season, and we only won because of penalty that probably wasn't even a penalty. Um, They got the early goal, they put the pressure on, and we didn't seem to get going or find our way into the game. You know, we can talk about bad refs and offsides, but these things will balance themselves out over a season. So, you know, I can't be too critical of that. And you know, their keepers made some great saves in pretty much every team uh, that have been announced as the team of the weekend which we'll come on to a a bit later so he's obviously had to work for his money but quite a bit of negativity on social media uh, about the need to strengthen Uh, but for me you know come on top of the league Reynolds two games uh, and things aren't as bad as some are suggesting I would think and Salford lost and that debate is still raging as we're recording now as we record we're seeing tweets come up about Alibi about Ling consistently still coming on so if you've got a view let us know or an outlook or, or email us or an outlook at outlook.com so as you can imagine we've got a huge amount of feedback after this match so thanks to everybody who again contacts us and, and gives us their views it is uh, appreciated um, on all of our social media accounts and again we do try and read out as many as we possibly can and just because we read them 
does not mean that we agree with them. Yeah, Simon Bedford starts him off by saying, well, we can't win them all, but we were very poor today. We never really got going. Final ball was particularly frustrating. Good to have a break from the league next week. Yep, Frankie Ackhurst said, poor refs, stomp on Karoma's ankle, now not a red. Inside 10 minutes would have changed the game. Got unlucky through injuries. Need to be thinking about dropping Dayton as he's injured. Need to think about signing someone because Salford will make a big signing in January. That would be an interesting thing, January for for Salford, who they managed to pluck out of a league above us. Yeah, it'd be interesting who they go for. I mean, they can't have too many um, positions uh, you'd think that they'd want to spend on, but I guess we'll see. Kid Sampson O says, awful performance, lackadaisical from the first minute until the last off-the-ball movement was appalling and we simply didn't work hard enough. Allaby couldn't have looked less interested. Only Clay and the centre-backs can come out with any credit. So Alibi is the debate that continues to wrangle on. Last week, he was the man. He comes on, sets up a goal for Bon. Everyone yeah. says he doesn't score, but he sets him up. Well played Alibi this week. Doesn't do much. And again, he's an enemy number one Alibi every week. Divides. Opinion. He'll probably go and score about six goals next week and you it'll watch. be God's gift. So let us know what you think of Alibi. Like we've said, tweet us at Sporting Outlook or give us an email or an Outlook at Outlook.com yeah absolutely Spenno011 said never got going today the first 20 minutes cost us we didn't play too badly but this time didn't get away with it credit to their keeper because Coulson's header was a certain goal you really got to take that one on the chin yeah reply to that one O's fan basing said I agree with this one of those days the amount of negativity on social media is ridiculous now we need new players and Justin doesn't know what he's doing we were world beaters last week Come on, everybody. Good tweet. Yeah, great tweet. PM31970 said, not good enough in the final third, but why you play the ball into the air, uh, in the air uh, to two huge centre-backs is anyone's guess. Still maintain we need a creative midfielder and another forward. Yeah, the forward line's interesting, really, because you've got Bon and Caroma who are smashing them in for fun or have been. You go, yeah. right, who, who, who do you go and get? Alibi, who would you rest to have this new striker in? Well, Alibi's not leaving the club, I'll tell you that much, in terms of he's just signed a deal in the summer. And Harold... Possibly, possibly because he's last yeah. half of his contract, isn't he? Possibly. One of those needs to go before another one comes in. I would have thought Vince Howard, 73, is disappointing, but maybe we were getting a bit complacent. Hopefully the defeat put some fire back into our bellies. Also, I think we need Howard back on the bench as he gives us a different option up front. And a bit like what George was saying last yeah. week, he's... A similar player to Alibi, but he's a bit different as well. So George made some great points last week about Harold in episode 162. Yeah, Daniel underscore D44 said, Very disappointing performance. Too slow and ponderous and hardly any tempo. We start games very slowly and paid the price today. We can't rely on a piece of Karoma magic in every game. Some of the other players need to step up. Oh, and our set pieces were awful today. Yeah, fair point. One, Liam Thomas. This is a magnificent season so far, but all the shot bomb would have shown if proof was needed we must strengthen the squad to truly have a chance of sitting top at the end of the season Tommy Atkinson 6 said ref was behind the game can't blame him for our lack of real efforts on target however unusual for us this season but really seem to be missing the usual confidence in front of the cameras especially going forwards and their number 6 assaulted Coroma it was a definite red yeah I mean you know maybe if you're like defender you've done exactly what you've been told to do you know rough him up put your foot in let him know you're there don't get, get sent off face, yeah. yeah which you know frustrating but I guess he's done his job there and if the ref hasn't seen it he's gone away with yeah it. exactly at Tommy Atkinson no at Bazel 73 so it's not the best performance but still only our second defeat of the season and won't be our last so no need to panic or moan 
Yeah, Lou Bear 84 said, Lee is a big miss, as is Judd. Lingy does not look match fit in the past two games. Uh, that's uh, That's been confirmed that he isn't. Uh, Happy needs to start ahead of him. Poor in the final third. The chances we did have, great saves from the woodkeeper. Yeah, Marcus Maynus is not as bad as some are saying, but not good enough either. Their keeper got man in the match, though, and Bond was wrongly flagged twice when through. But those are still games that title to win his final way to get something from good point yeah I find it interesting that the club didn't cover those two uh, in their tweets either because when we look back at games we take it from the club or from George obviously George wasn't there yesterday um, and I hadn't made a note uh, unfortunately so it's interesting that the club didn't cover that either London Gary W said I'm always disappointed when Orient lose but Boreham did a good job on us and showed how tough this league is but Salford, Wrexham, Harrogate and Fylde all still have to play at Brisbane Road it's not over yet yeah, there's so a song like that some big fixtures to come at I Heart Rushmore it's a sluggish start and two individual errors from Gorman and Link led to their goal felt like we did enough to score but maybe lacked a little composure in the final third during the final 10 minutes. Still top, and we learn from this. So I Heart Rushmore always makes me laugh in the Prediction League because he always goes 1-0 bomb, 52nd minute, and every week he always adds something onto the tweet. So, Steve, one day it will happen, and when it does, I'm going to give you 4,000 points because it's amazing. Read these tweets when they come in, they're funny. Okay, big ads. Lofc said to all the Leighton Orient fans who are tweeting negative comments after a after a defeat today, get a grip. Second defeat of the season, still top and best goal difference, and then the leading marksman up front. What more do you lot want? Perfection. Yeah, good tweet there at George Sessions. Tweeted us as so Leighton Orient remain top of the National League table, and by the time the league resumes on December the twenty second, the O's will have been top for a whole month, which is no mean feat. Keep going. That's LFC. a great point. Yeah. Great point. Keeping it real, George. Yeah, Tom P1984 said, still on course for around 100 points. The last few seasons, promoted teams have lost five to seven games, so fully got to expect to lose a few over the full, over a full season. Nothing to worry about in the grand scheme of things, just an off day. Yeah, Steve Forecasters, as usual, there's quite a bit of rubbish being spouted about individual players, the officials, TV, manager of the month, etc. But the issue for me is that as we are top of the league, teams are more than happy with a point against us and we need to find a way to score against them. At Joffernan, who was sat near me uh, actually yesterday as well, uh, a seemingly unbeatable team at the top loses and questions start to be asked. But enough about Man City. <laughs> Disappointing not to extend our lead over Salford, that our goal difference being one better now is the silver lining. As always... How the team reacts is key. Yeah. Great tweet. Final word in it is from Philip Whitechillo, who says the first away defeat after 24 games, and it had to happen eventually. Still on 50 points, the best record in the league. Unshakable belief in this team's ability to move up. We are on a mission, and nothing can stop us. So some great variation of tweets yeah. there as well, from the super negative to the super positive and everything in between. Let us know if you agree or disagree with any of those tweets. They're all on our uh, Twitter timeline. If you're not on Twitter, you can communicate with us. We're at Orient Outlook uh, on Twitter. We're Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast on um, Instagram. And also you can email us. We're Orient Outlook at Outlook.com uh, as well. Yeah. So get in touch with us however you would like to. Or come and chat to us at a home game or on a way yeah, game. Absolutely. absolutely. The big talking points, again, seem to be LRB uh, and Ling. At the moment, seem to be the two big 
points. And the need for strengthening of the squad in other areas yeah. as well. So moving on in, let's go with the Prediction League update. So well done to only two tweeters or two followers yesterday who two got the right. <laughs> two pessimistic followers. Predictions. So at Steve White, LOFC and Orient underscore Ed correctly predicted the result. So meaning the top of the prediction stays as follows. So well done to Barry Twin currently leading the uh, British League on 23 points out of nowhere closely followed on 21 points by Pills the Doman and at Rob MCC 68 on 20 points Ian Manet Valley and John and 18 points with a bit of a gap at Mark Shepherd underscore 79 and the full table is on our Facebook page and as always thank you for all of your predictions just Prediction League seems to be getting bigger and bigger more people get every involved every week getting so come it right on, more importantly get involved there you real go. easy to do so, moving on to today, as we record, is Sunday the 9th of December, a quiet day with no O's players for a change, making the non-league papers team of the day, although the Boreham Woodkeeper, surprise, surprise, and their left-back did, along uh, with the keeper and Murta from Boreham Wood, who also made the National League's official team of the weekend. So we offer no congratulations to them. <laughs> so let's wrap this up, and it's a fantasy football update. Sam Massingham leads the Orient Outlook Podcast Fantasy Football League Change. on 980 points. He's had a storming week, so he's now five points ahead of Tolo Sangawawa in second place. I am in 42nd place. Paul is in 57th place out of 195 players. So we're top third so far. The points to be added to the totals following today's game and of course tomorrow's match so the table can change so have a look at the table and let us know how you're getting on yeah on the dream team um, fancy football that we're also running Jay Lillington leads the Orient Outlook Podcast League on 962 points it's just two points clear of I Rockenback uh, in second place and Steve you're in eighth and I'm 44th out of 112 players so yeah. I'm just going to blow my own trumpet a little bit here I've had a couple of good mm. game weeks and I'm moving up the leagues quite nicely see what so, happens so yeah, yeah absolutely so positives and negatives of the week so we still obviously always have positives so the first one being we're still top of the league and yeah. we'll say that every absolutely. week while we are second positive was we've only lost two games all season which is amazing so any O's fan who would have been offered that after 24 games in the National League would have snapped your hand off 100% without any 100%. doubt or hesitation and the last negative is that fantastic positive. sorry the last positive is that away support you know some fantastic figures this season and again taking over a thousand to bottom wood you can say it was close but it's still a Saturday it's still on TV it's an awkward still got kick off yeah. and it's near Crimbo well done to all those fans who made that journey outstanding work so that means I get to the negatives and obviously this week we've lost uh, which is obviously not great team performance wasn't what we've grown to expect uh, from the team uh, terrible standard of officials obviously there's no surprise to anyone that we've put that in and horrible time wasting I added in uh, to that by the Borenwood goalkeeper I mean it's, it's it's embarrassing but that's their game management and they've won the game off the back of that yeah, so absolutely so that'd be one of their positives if there was a Borenwood for them if there's a Borenwood podcast I guess that'd be a positive in there yeah in absolutely but only two fans would bother <laughs> listening so the guy that recorded it and the person that recorded it with him amazing so moving on into a hero of the week so again we didn't put this one out to Twitter we thought we'd keep it in house so we're going to give the heroes of the week to well there's a thousand of them if this week a thousand plus as heroes of the week of all the fans who went to Barham Wood so well done Mr Levy you're also hero of the week I am and of all hero. those other travelling fans well done for making the journey so moving on into next week's fixture so it's a week off from the National League as the Orient FA Trophy adventure starts all over again as we welcome Beaconsfield Town to the Bray Group Stadium. 
Yeah, we were due to speak to Beaconsfield Town's manager, Gary Meakin. Unfortunately, uh, several members of his immediate family were unwell, so he couldn't join us tonight. But Beaconsfield Town are seventh in the Evo Stick League South Premier Division, which I think is about three or four steps below us. They drew yesterday one all with uh, Paul Town. Uh, and also their vice chairman is an Orient season ticket holder. But had I been a little bit more prepared about this, I'd have actually found out who that person <laughs> is and named them. But I didn't, unfortunately. I mean, it's definitely their cup final. So it's the biggest game in their history. They've already said that. Um, really? So it'd be, it's their, it's their yeah, biggest biggest game. And their vice chairman's nose fan. So it'd be a great day out for them. Hopefully. It's a win-win, isn't it? For not him. too great. But yeah, they'll have a great day. So to finish off with him, Again, we always say, don't forget to order the Challenge Culture by Nigel Travis. It's available at Amazon.co.uk, which is out now, and is also sure to be a good read. Christmas is coming, Hanukkah is ending. Make sure you get your gifts good one. ready. Absolutely. So that's it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. This has been a, quite a short episode 163. It's been another quiet week at the club off the pitch as all the attention was focused on the big televised match as we were in front of the BT cameras for only the second time uh, this season. Uh, second time out of four or five months though, so yeah. it's still still quite a bit. Um, and obviously the match turned out to be a disappointing one as we fell to only our second loss of the season with a 1-0 defeat away at Borenwood. But with Salford losing, we are still top of the National League and now we have a break from league action next week with the FA Trophy match as we've just mentioned at home to Beaconsfield Town. Yeah, we'll be back with episode 164, which is our Christmas special next week with all the information and views that you could ever need and possibly a few surprises yeah so unfortunately I won't be here for the next couple of weeks as I'll be uh, away so I'd like to wish everybody uh, a very very Merry Christmas I hope you all have a great one wherever you are uh, in the world whatever the customs are in that country enjoy be safe and uh, I will see you on the other side <laughs> <laughs> if it's on iTunes please subscribe and give our podcast a review if you're listening on SoundCloud Tune and Stitcher add us to your favourites in that way You'll have all the podcasts available as soon as they're uploaded. We are also on Amazon Alexas. We're on Google, whatever they are. I think Google Eyes or whatever they're called these days. Also on Spotify, which is very easy to stream. So listening to the podcast has never been easier. And if you have an older relative, a younger relative, a friend, someone who you know, anyone, just one person, say about the podcast, grab their phone or their smart device or their laptop, anything electrical, download the podcast from them and any of those platforms and get them involved and get them listening. Yeah, exactly. So um, we've still got some mugs available. Um, so order now to ensure uh, Christmas delivery. They do make a great stocking filler. They are well packaged. Um, so um, do uh, get in touch with us. You can email an order through to us or in Outlook at Outlook.com. You can DM us on Twitter. We're at or in Outlook. They are just five quid now. Uh, we want to uh, make you all aware again that we are down to our last, was it 15 or so, something, something like that. that. Um, so thanks to everybody who's recently ordered. We've dispatched those out. So thank you very much indeed. Um, and to anybody that is wondering what can I get an Orient fan or, or, or as a suggestion to someone maybe. Yeah, good point. It makes a great um, a great ornament, if you like, in your kitchen. A very good. Good point. Well so, made. So, thanks very much for listening. Yeah. yeah, that's Mr. Levy's last podcast of 2019, uh, 2018. Possibly not, if we do one right at the end of the year. Possibly. We shall see. We shall see. If not, either way, we'll be back uh, with episode 164 next week. We we'll look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. Well, don't worry, be happy, don't worry.
Happy. Don't worry, be happy.